Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod. Today is, oh, what is it? June 25th, 2015. This is episode 181 of Mikey Pod. We are right on the cusp of the 10 year anniversary of this podcast. Get into it. Speaking of getting into it, I would love to hear from some of you. MikeyPod at gmail.com is the email address. Um, you can, you know, look at the website. You can leave comments at MikeyPod.com. You can leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get this podcast. I'm looking into how to make sure this is available for Android. Um, actually, by the time I publish this podcast, it will have been done. And uh, uh, yeah, so um, yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so yeah, episode 180. Today's guest is Raquel Cyan. But first, I want to talk to you about my friend, Adam. He actually was my student a long time ago in uh, Houston when I was a music teacher in Houston. And he has started an organization called Ability Shirts. It's a nonprofit organization that supports individuals with, quote, unique abilities. Um, yeah, Adam prefers to use the term unique abilities to categorize those who are considered to have disabilities. So um, Adam's unique abilities give him the perspective to lead a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving those who share them. Adam hopes to have a re retail storefront in the future to sell more awareness products and to hire other talented young men and women with unique abilities. So that's from the... Uh, what do they call that thing that they give you when you, the press release, <laughs> that's from the press release. But I want to tell you that I've known Adam for a very long time and I know him to be a genuine and huge hearted person. And I would love to see this, um, business of his take off. You can go to abilityshirts.org. If you don't remember, don't need to write it down. If you can just remember mikeypod.com, you can look at that website too. And I'll have a link there. Um, so you can go check out the things that he sells. Uh, you can donate to the organization. And um, Adam rocks and um, you should support him. Let me take a quick gander at this thing. Yeah, I'll put more of this information on the website. What you need to do, here's the short action step for you to do. Go to unility, to unility. Okay. Two steps. Step one, ignore what I just said. Step two, go to abilityshirts.com, uh, .org, my mistake, and buy stuff. Easy. So something else I'm excited about sharing with you guys is the fact that my friends Matt and Matt, also known as Microfilm, have a new track out. Uh, they're based in Portland, Great guys. I've known um, Matt Mercer, who is one of the two Matts involved in this, uh, for eons uh, from just social media stuff back in uh, Live Journal. God, that <laughs> back in the olden days, I don't think we even called it social media back then. We were just crazy ass people writing our feelings on a internet site. So anyway, um, they're a great duo, great electronic duo. They have a new track out. It's called if you're waiting for that kiss, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life, featuring April Brown. Um, they just released it today. I don't know if you can even get it yet. I think it's only available to listen to on SoundCloud and also right here on MikeyPod. So right after this track, we'll have today's special guest, Raquel Cyan.
Joining me now on the podcast is Raquel Cyan, who has been hailed by the New York Times as half witch and half cabaret performer. Her recent projects include Me and Mr. Jones, My Intimate Relationship with David Bowie, which is coming up again soon, Gilding the Lonely, which she performed at Joe's Pub and Dixon's Dixon Place, and Terry, Recovering Pet Detective. She directed this for Ars Nova's Ant Fest. Raquel performs monthly with the Obi Award winning The Secret City. Hello and welcome to the show, Raquel. Hello. Hello. Well, thank you, Mr. Heron. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. We know each other really well, so it feels very weird to suddenly be like having a interview like i'm speaking for myself i don't know how you're feeling how are you feeling yeah it's, it's a little odd but it's it's nice yeah <laughs> you know we can we can be in this context it's true we, let's right? just let's just take this space and you know we're just gonna own it and, it and we'll own our feelings around it yes totally own the space <laughs> uh, did we originally meet at the secret city i feel like the first time we met at secret city we were both saying where did we meet before we never really got to the bottom of that yeah because i don't it uh i don't know if we'd had met before maybe not in this lifetime michael heron child maybe it's many lifetimes ago mm, i was gonna say the same thing it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm like I'm savoring. Like, you now? <laughs> I'm savoring the feeling of being a, a little awkward. It's sort of fun. Isn't that well? That's kind of. I feel like that's more and more my mo. Yeah. Just owning the awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's own the awkward right into discussion about your show because it's coming up and people need to see it. Can you? Oh. Um, is it fair to just say, tell me a little bit about your show? Tell you a little about my show. Um, well, the last show I did was about loneliness. And that's, um, that's Gilding the Lonely that you did at Joe's Pub. That's correct? Gilding the Lonely. And, um, yeah, I've been doing these cabarets, but they're more like plays disguised as cabarets. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to explore another emotion, and I wanted, um, not that the loneliness has been solved, but um, <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> uh, explore love and um, the, the being that has uh, brought me the most... <laughs> love in my lifetime is David Bowie. So, um, yeah, I was like, wow, this is kind of my longest relationship. Um, he doesn't know about it, but I certainly do. And everyone, yeah, everyone I know knows about my, uh, love of David Bowie, but this is kind of exploring the, the depth of it, I guess. Yeah. Which kind of, um, it runs deep and it kind of blows my mind that it, it, it still runs so deep. Yeah. Like he is just this constant through line in my life and brings me, uh, immense solace. So uh, that's kind of what it's about. So you're a casual fan of David Bowie. 
totally casual. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when it's I see like, it. Oh, yeah. I love that song. Let's dance. Um, Didn't he no, do that it, one it, other song? He did one other song with the guy from Erasure. I was like, wow. Oh, God. He did it with like Ice Baby or something like that. Uh, oh, Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> My favorite thing is when someone posts something on your Facebook wall about David Bowie, like, oh, did did you see this? And I look at it, I'm like, I get enraged. I can't imagine how you would feel. I'm like, you're gonna ask Raquel Cyan if she saw something about David Bowie. She's seen like she's seen it. Whatever it is, she's seen it. Cause you're just on top of that. I've, stuff. Yeah. There's it's um it's hard to find the stuff that I haven't seen. But it's there's there's no um, want, there's no lack of more Bowie material. I mean, he's, he's, there's a lot out there, images, and, <laughs> you know, rare tracks. And, and I never, ever tire of it. Yeah. Um, ever. After we did the show to that, because I, I worked with you on the first performance of it at uh, Judson. And you were brilliant. Oh, stop it. Stop it's it. It's true. <laughs> um, in a lot of ways, the show is really revealing for you. Because like you mentioned before, people know how much you like David Bowie. But a lot of people you know especially may have walked away from that show like, oh, she, oh, okay, she likes David Bowie. You know, like... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Did you have any of that type of reaction from people? Um, I did. I did. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty, it's, um, it's actually really, uh, vulnerable for me Mm -hmm. to, to express these things. And I, and I do it through, you know, stories about my life and also weird habits I have around Bowie stuff and like what I can and can't do and, um, how, how easy it is for me to get distracted. Like I'll be in a crowded place. Like I'll be like in a bar with friends and if Bowie comes on Mm. the jukebox, it's like, I can't, it's hard for me to, have a conversation. Right. And, um, my friends know this and they, they're very patient with me. Um, <laughs> I love but, the way, the way you said that it made it sound like you had like a disorder. Well, they're very patient. It is kind they're of patient with me. <laughs> they are. They're like, oh, she'll be okay in three minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just gotta, you gotta wait through it. Put a wallet, um, put a wallet in her mouth. She'll be fine. <laughs> Um, a lot of people, a lot of the um, people that saw the last show were writing me and they would ask for the song list or ask, or they, they kind of went and did their own research. Like they watched the things I referenced. Oh. Um, they wanted to download the song. They were, they, you know, the songs, they, they searched things out, which was really... Um, I thought that was really great. I'm educating people. Yeah. I'm a teacher. <laughs> but that's what I'm about to say one of those art things. Well, that's what art really is, isn't it? Just sharing and teaching. It, yeah, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, w- I mean, and it's also just like, uh, I mean, the music is so good and 
sometimes taking it out of, you know, the context of him singing it, people can hear it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go back to the source and realize it's brilliant. But then I also got Reed, like my brilliant, brilliant uh, costume designer who made me this dress that should, you know, have its own fucking fan page. That dress is ridiculous. But um, we were having a meeting about the upcoming show and David Quinn, my costume designer, was like, you can't sing one song that everyone knows. (laughs) <laughs> you can't you can't you can't do some red shoes or china girl i mean really and i was like i was like no i can't that's you know as china we, girl's not gonna happen as much as it was like as the pianist it was frustrating to be like god damn it can we like do a song that there's sheet music for please it was uh, that's what i really yeah. loved about the show that it was like and that's exactly what you should do you know like Nobody want, well, maybe people do want to <laughs> maybe people do want to hear China Girl, but they don't need to. They need to hear some other songs. And I'm glad you're providing yeah, plus, that to them. If you want to listen to China Girl, great, but listen to Iggy's China Girl first, because it's better. See, but, I don't even know. Um see, I don't even know. Um <laughs> yeah, out of the I think out of the twelve songs we do four has she music or is it like three? I don't know. It was something like that. There were, it, that yeah, was, not yeah. many. Yeah. But that like, honestly, like the, the music, like <laughs> that's the lazy part of me talking about like, Oh, now I have to like be a musician and make music out of this. You know what I mean? Uh, I right. really appreciate like the, I think it's great that the songs were not like, were off the beaten path to, to the mortal. To mere mortals. Right. <laughs> um, did you, um, like, what the process of um, having done the show and now putting it back together, this is another one of those broad questions. Sorry. Uh, what, did, what did it teach you? It was funny because I was, I was, this is also my, my Bowie weirdness. I was worried before I did the show that it would um, kind of exercise me of, my uh mm. Bowie-ness and then I'd be like sick of it that you'd be and sick of David it, Bowie it did only it only brought it into a deeper place there's something um it's also this weird balance because I don't want to just do a Bowie tribute show right and I love Bowie tribute shows and there are many of them and they're tons that are done incredibly well and um, you know, there's this whole community that gathers around, you know, Bowie nights and it's very liberating and, um, you know, it's like kindred, you know, you meet up with, with like minds, but, um, it's that thing of, oh, it's, it's, um, it's a Bowie show, but it's actually, a show about me and my life and my relationships and my relationship to um, to love mm. and uh, and there are gaps in that so I realized a lot of those things <laughs> um, uh, which, which is 
a little scary and a little illuminating um, because, you know, this is like 35 years of uh, being in deep with with Mr. Jones and uh, and his work and being inspired by it and and how it just how it reflects in so many aspects of my life and my tastes aesthetically and um, interpersonally and and just that I mean it's in the title it says my intimate relationship with David Bowie and it there is that kind of exposing this very private part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, this, and I think a lot of it has to do with there's something about just the sound of his voice or, um, yeah, it's really just the sound of his voice kind of above all else that just is supremely comforting to me. So sharing that with a larger group is really interesting. Yeah. Um, is it, it makes me feel a little crazy. That's what I was going to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, because like those little parts of me that are like very intimate, right? It, but, Oh gosh. <laughs> you know, like when you reveal how intimate something is or how um how valuable something is to you that uh, <laughs> this is really like this is what to me I was going off not def not totally off track. The fact that it's so hard to sort of describe what it is about your show is what I feel like makes it so good. Because we're because it's a it's a piece about so many different aspects of what you're it's like your I feel like I don't want to insult you, but you said the word obsession, so I'll throw that in. You're obsession with David Bowie, right? Yes. Um Yeah. But and within the framework of the show, it makes perfect sense that you're you're obsessed with David Bowie, right? Like yeah. so it that it just folds in on itself in a really interesting way, I think is what I'm trying to say. You know, like Cause like, mm-hmm. like the tagline for the show or whatever you call that, the subtitle, my intimate relationship with David yeah. Bowie. Um, at first glance, I took that as like, ah, ha, ha, so funny. But no, that was, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's the joke. She's saying she has an intimate relationship with David Bowie, but she doesn't really, cause she doesn't even know him. But now, then like within the context of the show, you realize like, oh, you do have an intimate relationship with him that like he's not a direct participant in except for the fact that he relates work he releases work that resonates right. with you so strongly and he and and I know that I'm you know I'm obviously not alone in this but he he kind of holds that and we out back to the space he holds that space in people mm-hmm. um and you know I have a lot of dear friends who are dear friends for many reasons, but are primarily started because of uh, a Bowie connection. So, um, yeah, he runs really deep. 
he runs really deep. Mm. I mean, uh, a friend of mine who saw the show said that, um, I don't know who it was, but he said that someone that was sitting near him was just weeping in during the show. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, it's like, he's, it's, <laughs> it's intense, you know? Um, yeah, it's intense. And then there's also this thing of he, his work, his just existence on this planet just <laughs> makes me really happy. Yeah. I'm just, um, yeah, it's, so yeah, I mean, it does make, I, and also going back to your other question of like, oh, what did I learn? I, I also, can we have a little theme going here? It's also just like owning it, mm-hmm. being like, oh, you know what? I'm a 45 fucking year old woman. Um, and this is a huge part of who I am and not judging it and not saying, oh, it's crazy, or, um, even though it might be, um, (laughs) or obsessive, or, you know, just like, this is how I'm made. Right. You know? Um, We should talk about details about the show, because it's about time for us to wrap this thing up. Are you serious? Yes. Keep chatting. Yeah. Yes, yes, honey. So let's certainly. I'm. I'm uh, yeah, let's hunt it. Yes. Uh, details about the show. Yeah, we haven't or talked about. No. Well, I'm. We're just talk about the specifics, such as you've got a band this time. Of what is it? One, two, three, four. Oh my god, I have a band. Backing singers. Oh, oh so you've good. got. Look, I'm looking at this. You've got a new director, Joseph Hayward. I do. I love it. And it's. Oh, go ahead. Lovely. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, Ooh, are you pushing a button Monday night? Your phone? It's a oh. Monday night. Oh, I did. Yeah, what I do. I just heard a button go beep, but that's okay. It happens. Just don't do it Some again. Hooker calling me. Oh. Um, it's Monday, June 29th at 7 p.m. at the Treehouse Theater, which is one five four. Is that right? Uh, 154 West 29th Street. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And it's on the second floor. Um, and it's treehousetheaternyc.com for tickets. And I have an amazing band. Uh, Jeremy Bass is on guitar. Matthew Cleaver is on vocals. Bill Gerstel is on drums. Bill Husazuki in 72. Um, <laughs> I think People need to know that. Um, Keith Martell is on bass. He's a huge, huge Bowie fan. Uh, Carl St. Louis is on piano and musical directing. And D.M. Salzberg is singing some vocals. She's awesome. And Joseph Hayward is directing. He's lovely. He's a very young British boy. Nice. He's a young man. I'm just an old hag, so I'm like... Stop um, it. And uh, David Quinn is doing the gowns and dressing people. And Dusty Childers, or a.k.a. Dusty Childers, is doing projections. 
and video stuff. And it's going to fucking kick ass. Yes. The band is so juicy. That it's is going to so be really nice. awesome. I'm excited to be watching it this time. I know. I'm so excited to have you there. Yay. I might uh, drag you on stage. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it. Dare. I'm working on saying yes to things, so just be aware that if you do that, oh, yeah. you better mean it. Because I'll be like, okay, here it come. I say yes. Here it comes. I love it. Here's another song with no music. Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, we should wrap this thing up. Everyone go see this oh. show. Go see it, y'all. Oh. Me and Miss Go see it. Tickets are going pretty quick, so snatch them up. Yes. And say that ticket website one more time. It's Treehouse Theater, New York. You say it again. I forgot. Treehouse Tree Theater. T H E A T E R N Y C dot com. Got it. And if you can't remember that or you don't and want to write it down, you can just go to MikeyPod.com and I'll put a link to the tickets there too. Oh, you're so good to me. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's true. Oh, well, thank you for being on the show, Raquel. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're the best, Ed. Oh, thanks. Suicide is your 
From the album Okay, It's Not Okay, that was Corey Dargle with The Opposite of Love. I'd like to thank our special guest today, Raquel Sion. Go see her show. Honestly, I think it's sold out. So, you know, you tried. <laughs> um, check the website, though. It may not be sold out yet. Last I saw, she had released maybe 10 more tickets. Um, I'm not sure where they're squeezing the people in, but it's awesome. I'm so excited it's selling out. The whole band thing, out of control. Um, also, make sure you stop by AbilityShirts.org. Buy some stuff. Support my friend Adam and his great new business, supporting people with unique abilities. Next week's guest is Kristen Lajeunesse. We'll be talking about her book, We'll Travel for Vegan Food. She funded herself, and through the courtesy and kindness of strangers, a trip around the country eating food for a year. I believe it was a whole year. Um, I'm writing about vegan food around the country. So she's a great person. <laughs> Aren't you glad I judged that for you? <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Um, that's it. Bye.